So this morning is our anointing service and we want to pray for everybody, but you don't have to be prayed for. And at the end of the service, well, at the end of me just sharing something, we're going to have teams of people up here to pray for you guys. And we're going to, get, don't worry about your kids, we're going to get them all out as well and we're going to get the Switch kids out. But I wanted to talk to you about it because there's a whole lot of really wrong teaching out there in regards to the laying on of hands. And the laying on of hands, if you're a visitor, this is not normally what we do here on a Sunday, but the laying on of hands is actually a doctrine that we believe in. It's actually doctrines are basically our belief systems of what we believe about what Christ did or what he didn't do. And laying on of hands is actually a doctrine in the Bible. It's actually a doctrine that we believe in. And so, but we don't really talk about it that much. We pray for people we lay hands on, but I don't think there's a lot of people that actually don't understand what it really means. And then there are some people that have come from very traditional, legalistic, religious backgrounds who are told that this sort of thing is not of God. And so I want to explain to you biblically how awesome this is, and then we're going to believe that God can do something. Is that all right? You all good? All right. So traditionally, you would have seen this if you've been around our church long enough or been in any kind of Pentecostal-type church. Traditionally, the laying on of hands, when we lay hands on people and pray for them, we, we traditionally put that down to healing because it says in Mark 16, 18, that they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so we, we generally put this down to something that we do when someone is sick or when somebody needs healing. We lay hands on them, we pray for them, and we believe, just as Catherine said, that by his stripes we are healed. But the thing that we don't realize that the Scripture teaches us and that we forget sometimes is that through the laying on of hands, God is actually imparted into people. That when we lay hands on people and pray for them, that the Spirit of God is imparted into them. It's healing from God, which is supernatural, which flows through the person, and the life of God flows into you and brings about healing. It's actually something that's imparted. Healing is actually spiritual life, not physical life. Healing comes from God. It comes from the Spirit of God. It comes from heaven, and it's spiritual things that come into a physical body and bring changes. So we have to understand that, that God is not a nothing, God is actually a something. In fact, it says this in John chapter 4, it says God is spirit. And what he's really saying is this, is that spirit is not nothing, spirit actually has substance. Some of you this morning as we worship would have felt stuff. Sometimes a hair on the back of your neck stands up. That's, that's a substance of something that you're feeling. It's not a nothing, it's a substance to it. There's a substance to the spirit of God. It's not a, it's not a, 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 a thing out here somewhere, but there's a substance to it. And the thing about spiritual substance that confuses us sometimes is that it's not something that can be seen. You can't see this thing with your physical eyes. Not all the time can you feel it with your physical body. Um, you can't hear it with your physical ears. You can't smell it or taste it if you're really hungry at the moment with your nose or your mouth. It's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. But the thing that we have to understand is that our physical bodies, first of all, are not equipped to perceive spiritual realms. So your physical body is not, doesn't have the ability to perceive what's happening in the spirit because the Bible teaches us that spirit relates to spirit and flesh to flesh. It says that in John chapter 3. It says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. In other words, your physical body. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, the spirit 
on the inside of you, which every single one of us has a spirit on the inside of us, we're spirit, soul, and body, is something that comes out of spirit realm. It's not something that comes out of a physical realm like your physical body does, but it's a spiritual thing. What God does in you is a spiritual thing. Romans 8.5 says this, For those that live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. So in other words, those that live according to the physical things set their eyes on the physical things. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So in other words, we start to focus on the unseen, or as Hebrews puts it, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The thing's unseen. It's a spiritual thing that faith operates in. It's not in a physical realm. But we do need to understand this, is that even though we live in physical bodies, we are actually spiritual beings. You are a spiritual being. You have a spirit. Every single one of you has a spirit. And our spiritual nature finds its expression through our physical bodies. Your spiritual nature, your spiritual part of you expresses itself through the physical body that you're in. Why? Because it teaches us this in Scripture. In First Corinthians it says that we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we're the home that the Holy Spirit abides in. We're the place where he lives. It says in Daniel 7 that our own spirit lives within us. That's why we are spiritual beings. Our own spirit lives within us. We say that about our kids sometimes, eh? that they've got really stubborn spirit about them, or they've got a great spirit about them. There's a spirit, your spirit that lives in you, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And in John 14, it says that the Father in Jesus also dwells within us, and all those things are spiritual entities. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father, they're all spiritual things that abide and live within your physical body. Spirit life can be imparted from one person to another, And the way that God does that, or the way that God teaches us that that happens, is it happens through the laying on of hands, that there's a spiritual transaction that takes place. And the Bible teaches us that the Spirit of God can actually permeate into physical things. You'll hear sometimes a song leader or somebody saying that the presence of God is in this place. What are they saying? Is that you can feel it. It's You can sense that God is in the building. But the thing is, is that God is also in you. And the Spirit of God not only fills atmosphere and not only fills buildings, but it fills physical people. Spirit life gets inside physical things. And we know that because we just read that, that this Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit dwell within us. The Spirit of God gets inside physical things. In fact, there's a story in the Bible about Paul the Apostle, how People were sick and in their homes and he couldn't get to them all, so he got them to bring their handkerchiefs and cloth and he lay hands on their handkerchiefs and cloth and it says this in Acts 19 that so that even the handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body, that is from Paul, to the sick and diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. There is this thing that the scripture teaches us that miraculous power resides within physical things or a physical body or within the believer. That, that that miraculous power is within you. It's not outside of you. When you come to get prayed for this morning, you, 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 it's, it's not you're hoping that God comes from somewhere. He's down at, down at the markets in Pocono and you're hoping that he turns up this morning. He's on his way. No, no, he is already inside you. He is around you. He's in you. 
I remember once saying to God when I was praying once, where are you in the room? And I remember God, because God speaks to me the way that I, because I'm a bit stupid, so he's got to, He's got to kind of talk to me in a way that I understand. And I said, where are you in this room? You know, like I'm going looking for him. And then I remember him saying to me, dummy, I am the room. You see, the Spirit of God is everywhere. The Bible says that it fills the earth and it fills you. The Spirit of God infuses our physical bodies, gets on the inside of us. The life of God gets into our flesh and into our bones. Some of you are like, man, this is really creeping me out a little bit. You're a bit weird. How does it get into our flesh, into our bones? I, I don't actually really know other than that Scripture teaches this. Elisha was a great prophet in the Bible who died and was buried. And one day, in 2 Kings, there's a story about these guys, and they said that, so it was as they were burying a man, so a friend of theirs had died and they're taking him to the graveyard to bury him, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. In other words, I'm like, we don't have time to bury this guy. The raiders are coming. We're fearing for Elisha. Just throw it in that one there. And when the man was let down and touched, everyone listen, touched the bones, not body, bones, the flesh and that was gone, the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up onto his feet. So the, the presence of God, the power of God, had so infused Elisha's life that even years later, years later when there was just his bones there, there was enough power of the miraculous inside his bones that when the dead man touched him, he came back to life. Do you realize that that's the same power that you have? If you're a believer, that's the same power that you have? The Bible says this, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and abides within you. Do you know that inside your bones that you have enough miraculous power to see the dead raised? If we would just understand and believe that God not just dwells within us, but he infuses us. He comes in and he infuses us with his power and the power of God lives in your flesh and in your bones. He lives in physical things. And the presence of God permeates through physical buildings and atmospheres. It just gets in like the liquid gets into the chalk. Remember that, Ed? The Spirit of God gets into things and it works miracles and it changes lives and it heals the sick and it causes evil spirits to flee. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God turns up, the enemy has to flee. No evil spirit can remain where the power of God is and the Holy Spirit, where he takes up residence, things have to leave. Why? Because light, light drives away darkness. You, you just do that tonight when you're home. Turn your light off and it'll be dark in your lounge, but as soon as you turn the light on, the darkness flees. It's the same in your life that as you get prayed for and as there's an impartation of the Spirit of God this morning, those areas of your life that you're worried about, when the light comes on, darkness has to leave. Sickness has to leave. Poverty has to leave. Why? Because God's Spirit turns up and infuses you. It gets on the inside of you. Spirit of God is imparted, though, as we're taught, through the laying on of hands. And it travels from one person to the next as we lay hands with this purpose of mind that we want to see a transfer of the power of God imparted into somebody. Now, it doesn't make the person praying special. 
You need to understand that this morning. The person that prays for you is just basically like jumper leads. You know when your battery's dead in your car and you get a car that actually runs, that turns up? And then you put the jumper leads on that car, you leave it running, maybe even rev the engine a little bit if you want to, connect it up to the battery that's dead, and then you get in the car that's dead, and you turn turn it on, and all of a sudden life comes into that battery because it's transferred from one battery to the other battery through the cables. And this morning as people pray for you and lay hands on you, as we'll have people that will come up here and, and do that, all they are is a conduit for the power of God. The power of God is just coming through them to you. It's an impartation. doesn't make them special. doesn't make them better than you. It just means that God is using them in this particular moment. It flows through. The Spirit of God flows through a spiritual atmosphere, and that's why in a moment we're going to get the band back up and just have a little bit of worship before we kick in because we want to create an atmosphere for the Spirit of God to move in. But before we pray for you, I just want to quickly... Just spend two minutes explaining something to you. Some of you maybe have never seen this before. Some of you have. But as some of you get prayed for this morning, you might fall over. We call it being slain in the Spirit. In other words, the power of God comes on you and you you go down. Don't worry, we'll have people to catch you so you don't hurt yourself. But some people I know, because we've had some people leave our church because they've been taught that that's not of God. Well, I want to just quickly show you that it is because it's all the way through Scripture. Being slain in the Spirit or going down under the power of God is when somebody lays hands on you and the impartation of God just overwhelms you so much that you just lose strength and you collapse. It's not a bad thing. God's not trying to kill you, all right? He's trying to help you. Now, in saying that, here's the thing. You are always in control. You are always in control. I don't want you to come up the front here and fear that because God will never make you do something that you don't want to do. Yeah? What I am asking is that you'll be open to him this morning because some people come up the front and they're like this, you know? Yeah, pray for me. Then, and, and their attitude is like, I'm, I'm not going down, you know, you know you're not going to push me, or you know, all this. They're so focused on that that they missed hearing what God says. And then they walk away and complain that God never touched me, but when you resist him, he backs off. And I want to explain to you that if you come here with a, if you come forward with you know, whatever you need to do, God, I'm, I'm happy for you to do, you may go down or you may not. But if you come up with a resistance, then God isn't going to enforce himself upon you. In saying that, you don't have to come up and be prayed for either. We're not going to make anybody do that. It's not a forced thing. It's something that you want to do. You are in control. But let me just show you that all the way through Scripture, this has happened when the power of God has come on people that have fallen over. In Genesis 2.21, it says, The power of God came upon Adam and he fell into a deep sleep, and then God took the rib out of him and made Eve. The power of God came out on him. Genesis 17 it happened to Abraham. In Daniel 10, it happened to Daniel. In Revelation 1.17, it happened to the Apostle John. Daniel and John say in that part of Scripture, if you want to read it, because we just don't have time to go into it, but they say that all their strength left them and they collapsed before the Lord when his presence turned up. In Second Chronicles 5.14, it says, So the priests 
could not continue to stand because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. In other words, that the presence of God came in such a powerful way that the priests couldn't stand anymore, but they collapsed to the ground. In John 18, 6, it says, Now when Jesus said to them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. The power of God just by him saying, that's me, was like, So I'm telling you this to tell you this, that if you go over, it's not demonic. It's not not of God. This is all the way through Scripture. And I want to tell you this because I want you to relax. Because I find that I don't always go down. Sometimes I go down, and when I do go down, I treat it like this. I just treat it like I'm on God's operating table and he's doing some spiritual adjustments on the inside of me. And it's never painful and it never hurts, and I always get up feeling better. Some people don't fall down. And I want you to understand this, that whether you fall down or don't fall down, it doesn't make any difference to what God's going to do in your world. You haven't received anything less if God doesn't make you fall up, if God doesn't come upon you and you fall over it, and you don't receive anything more if you don't. It's just some people do and some people don't. In fact, some people will fall over. Some people are going to weep. Some people are going to laugh. How many people want the laugh thing happen? Some people are going to be healed. Some people are going to be delivered. Some people are going to see a vision or have an experience that they just can't quite put words into. And it's all without collapsing on the floor. The important thing is, is that you have a touch of God. The most important thing that happens this morning when you get prayed for is that you have a touch from God. Can I just get the musicians in there to come, please? But if you do fall over, just enjoy it. Don't stress about it. Don't get wound up about it. You don't need to go and get your kids because we're going to pray for the kids once we've prayed for all of you. Because I want God to come in such a way that he can do in your life in a moment what years of counseling will never do. And I don't know about you, but I need God to come and change some things in my world. Is anybody like that this morning? Do you need God to move in your world? And friend, I just want you to relax about this and understand that when people pray for you, it's not, it's not just a, oh, this is nice. There's a, there's a spiritual transaction taking place. The Spirit of God has been imparted to you. It's getting into your physical body. If you need healing tomorrow, today, sorry, not tomorrow, we want it today. We can have it tomorrow as well if you want to. But if you need physical healing in your body, when people lay hands on you, see it. Close your eyes and see. Just picture the Spirit of God getting into those bones and getting into that liver and the kidney and the lungs and the heart and where the cancer is and destroying those cells of cancer because where the presence of God lives, evil can't stand. If we have the singers as well, that would be good. Because God wants to touch lives today. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to set you free. The Son of God came to set you free. Jesus came to set you free. The Son sets free as free indeed. He doesn't want you to live in a tolerable condition, but He wants to set you free. And I just really believe that as we pray for people this morning, this stuff is going to happen to you. Now, one of the things that they're going to do is they're just going to touch your forehead with a little bit of oil. Don't stress out about it. It actually smells quite nice. I checked it out earlier. But the oil isn't special. It's just another thing that we believe from Scripture that as we anoint people with oil, it's just a conduit for God's power. 
It's just a thing that God teaches in Scripture that just allows him to move. To anoint means to mark, to set apart, to set you up. It's almost like a mark to get God's attention. Here I am. You can move in my life now. And so I want to encourage you this morning as we lay hands on you that God's just going to turn up and he's going to do what he needs to do in your world. And some of you have been praying and fasting and believing for all sorts of things. And I believe that in this moment, God wants to either do it or start the process of it. Because remember, he always works in his timing, not necessarily our timing. But I believe each and every one of us can have an encounter with him this morning. Why don't you stand to your feet? So what we're going to do very shortly, we're just going to worship for a little bit. We're going to bring that worship because we want to build an atmosphere. And then we're going to have uh, two couples standing here. And we're going to have two couples in the middle and two couples on this side. And when it's time, I'll tell you, and I just want you to come out of your seat. If you're on this side, you come up, and these guys are going to pray for you. If you're in the middle, come up, and they'll pray for you. And if you're on this side, come up, and they'll pray for you. And you just let them know what it is that you need prayer for, and they're going to quickly pray for you and believe that God's going to do the work. Because it's not how long we pray. Remember what Catherine said during the communion this morning. It's about believing and then receiving. And so we believe that God's here today, and so we're going to receive it. Yeah? Why don't we just close our eyes just for a moment? Every single person, why don't you lift your hands if you want to across this place, and I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to sing. Father, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you get into stuff. And so we say this morning, Holy Spirit, that you can have your way in this place. You can have your way in our lives. We're just here because we want to receive from you this morning. And so, Father, I pray whatever it is that they need, God, that you would impart it into them, that they'd have an experience of that, that power of God like Elisha had still in his bones, that you'd infuse us, that we can take that into our family, that we can take that into our marriage, that we can take that into our workplaces, our schools, our universities, our supermarkets, our petrol, wherever we may go, God, that we know, man, i got that power of God on the inside of me. I'm not a nobody and he's not nothing, but there is substance to this. In Jesus' name, amen.